This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast for the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 5, Episode 18, as the New York Rangers have fallen in regulation uh, to the Dallas Stars, as predicted on the podcast. But we are bouncing back currently tonight against the Pittsburgh Penguins in what seems to be a defensive battle, uh, both goalies playing uh, good hockey, and the Rangers are clinging on to a one nothing lead. Uh, but they, they have their chances. So, yeah, uh, a, a quick turnaround. Uh, they got the memory of a goldfish and are playing some good hockey against a, um, a Penguin team that, although they might not be at the top of the standings, are always going to be a pain uh, to play against, uh, especially because their top players just, um, you know, are clutch and always find ways to uh, keep themselves in games. So, uh, like always, I got to start the podcast with Andy. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. If you're listening to this Thursday morning on a... What's up? I said, that's right. It is Thanksgiving. I totally (laughs) forgot to start. So if you're listening to this uh, on the day, maybe you're in the car traveling to wherever you're going to be celebrating Thanksgiving. And uh, yeah, we we were happy to be with you on Thanksgiving because we're obviously thankful for all of the people that listen to this podcast. And uh, yeah, I'm obviously... also off the hop, thankful for my co-host James, who is always so good when I unfortunately have a, com- a scheduling commitment that he, uh, he, you know, more than picks up the slack, if anything, he carries us. But and yeah, yeah most of all, I'd say this so far this season, I'm, I'm really maybe Peter Laviolette, I'm the most thankful for because <laughs> he's got the Rangers playing the right way. And I mean, it, it, for us to be feeling like this coming off of a loss is pretty is it says a lot about how good this team has been you know what i mean um and yeah i would say that that loss the rangers were due for a loss and they looked like they were in control of the game early on but you just knew on the road dallas being pissed off with the result they had uh, getting embarrassed in the tail end of that game against colorado that they were once they were going to keep pushing and pushing and the rangers yeah they just just didn't look their sharpest and their third pairing had a lot of trouble because I, I think th- there is a world where the Rangers win that game if Adam Fox is still in the lineup. You know what I mean? So, um, but, you know, it just it was what it was. And I, I don't think the Rangers got obviously it looked a lot worse than it was based on. Well, Kreider just absolutely buried Latang, which is nice. Um, <laughs> sorry, I, we're actually recording this in the third period with the Rangers, like James said, nursing that one goal lead. You know what I mean? So, um but yeah, I, I I think honestly that for the Rangers were due for a loss, and they're they're right back to playing a good brand of hockey. So I think we can just kind of chalk it as a yeah scheduled loss. It happens sometimes. Well, there was one takeaway. I think I think you should have picked up on the takeaway. I think from the game. I I don't know if you were able to watch the the whole thing or anything like that, but um, I, I'm going to give you an opportunity here to to guess what my one big takeaway was from that game. Hmm. James's big takeaway from that game. Yeah. Is it about a single player? Yeah. Is it about uh, Zach Jones? Nope. I think you'll be surprised about who it is. Is it about Mika Zibanejad? No. Is it about Igor? I'll give you a hint. Non-Ranger. Oh. Uh, Is it about Nils Lundqvist? (laughs) It is not. It is not. All right. So someone in Dallas, clearly, right? Uh, yes. Is it about Jason Robertson? No, it is not. Is it about Tyler Sagan? <laughs> no. Mabelsky, you... JB Ben, <laughs> need I go on? Uh, the goaltender, Mr. Oh, Wedgwood. That's right. Scotty Sc- W. Ex New Jersey Devil. And, you know, you're talking to our, obviously, um, our friend, the Gibby, uh, you know, how does it feel to have, you know, Wedgwood go onto the Dallas Stars? And, you know, obviously he's playing a backup role, but, you know, just to see his numbers this season, it's, it's he's been pretty solid. And, 
you know, I, I just look at the Devils goaltending and even tonight being down four nothing against the Detroit Red Wings, even running uh, Vanacek out there. Man, it's just it's just one of those situations where, you know, you know, there was obviously the rumors were swirling that they might be in for a hell of buck or something like that. But, uh, you know, seeing a guy like Wedgwood have success elsewhere uh, and seeing, you know, having New Jersey fans maybe look at that and be a little bitter uh, kind of, you know, warms me up a little bit, Andy. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was my one big takeaway was, you know, that he's a very solid goalie. Uh, he is a, uh, a obviously an ex New Jersey Devil, and uh, I wish him the best of luck the rest of the season, as the New Jersey Devils have to uh, uh, find ways to outscore their their problems. So, yeah, uh, that was my big takeaway. So, <laughs> I don't know if you agree with that or or not, but yeah, just uh, kind of screw the Devils. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, as we're recording this, like James said, they're currently getting. Uh, their their stuff pumped in by the Detroit Red Wings and uh yeah their goaltending has really sunk them this year obviously combined with maybe not so good reads in their own defensive zone but um uh, yeah it's just I think it's one of those things where you know I think especially a team like Dallas with having Ottinger who is so incredible already. Some teams, they're just, you know, and even the Rangers, I mean, just the play they're getting, their good defensive play combined with the play of Jonathan Quick and Igor, obviously. And even right now, Igor not maybe being after that injury and coming back and not being his sharpest self, uh, which I'm not worried in the slightest. I think he'll get back into a, a rhythm soon. You know what I mean? But yeah, just some teams... You know, Devils are right now they're stuck with two underperforming goaltenders. And then there's teams that have, you know, two goaltenders that are, you know, can both get the job done for them and do work for them. Listen, goaltending as, you know, I would say about five, like during Lundqvist's era, you could really, I I felt goaltending was a little overrated. Uh, I felt like the Rangers, you know, being led by their goalie was, uh, not a mistake, but just kind of the wrong way on how to win, go about a Stanley Cup championship team. But, you know, looking at the NHL right now, uh, you kind of need two solid goaltenders. It's just it's not enough just to have one. You need two that can, um, you know, alternate. And then, you know, you kind of have to have a fresh uh, a fresh goalie for the playoffs. And even in the playoffs, I mean, I. I don't know. I could be totally off base with this, but I just feel like over the last couple of seasons, you've really seen a bunch of uh, teams uh, just swap goalies. I mean, look at our series against the New Jersey Devils. Vanacek just didn't have it against the Rangers. They made the move to uh, put Akira Schmidt in, and he was just a uh, just lights out and was a complete stonewall against us. And then, you know, he went next round. Vanacek got the opportunity because he was struggling against the Carolina Hurricanes. So, uh, yeah, the benefit of having two solid goaltenders and, and you know, I, I think just takes the pressure off the team, uh, you know, especially when the backup is playing. Uh, I think it's important. And I, I, especially for a team like the Rangers, who, you know, I know Igor wants to play, but I think it's really important to have balance there and then, you know, have a, a fresh goaltender going into the playoffs. So, uh, Andy, you know, I got to ask you, are, are, you know, looking now at quick and it's kind of clear that it's not just a you know i won't say beginner's luck because he's obviously not a beginner but we're kind of past the point where uh we would would have saw him struggle especially because he had to fill in full time uh for igor and you know even playing a game tonight against pittsburgh he looks solid so uh what's your take on you know john quick you know are you a, a lot more confident in him now than you were let's just say a, a couple starts into the season yeah, I mean, listen, I I, I said it a, a few podcasts ago is that he's been making me eat the most crow I've ever eaten. I was con- I I I thought it was a certainty that he was going to the Rangers were not he was going to give up bad goals and the Rangers were not going to be able to rely with him on him in that. You know what I mean? But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, you just look at him and and you know you know what it was even more than that, James, or more than his age and every it was the 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 local boy returns home. Because when does that ever work for the Rangers? Never. Ever. Ever. Shattenkirk didn't work. Um, I'm trying to think who else. 
Like, well, I'll say this: Fox kind of is a little Fox. Right? Were, okay, yeah, you know that's fair. But I'm just saying, usually for not just the Rangers, like when it's like the player finally returns home, they're just not as good as they were because there's the added scrutiny. You know what I mean? It's just so I was worried about that, but. I'll be damned if if you could make an argument that Quick has been better than Igor this year, which is pretty insane to say. <laughs> but he, yeah, he you know what it is? He and I think Valket touched on it. Um, Valket had touched on it uh, in one of the intermission reports that Benoit Allaire has been working with Quick and the last few years Quick has been to compensate has been playing farther and farther out of his crease. So he's been leaving like if when he if he goes over commits, he's in trouble because he's getting older. But he says that Benoit Allaire has him back playing deeper in the blue paint. And you might say, well, he doesn't. It's like, you know, Hank, we know used to do that. And yes, maybe Quick's reaction time isn't what it once was, but it does give him more time to it does give him more time to um to basically just make reads. You know what I mean? And there's no space behind him. So he's got to, he faces more shots head on, a little less from the side of the net. He doesn't have to scramble as much. It's just, he's where he needs to be. You know what I mean? So I'm mean, watching him do that right now. It's with the, the, the play to the side of him. He's, you know, he's pretty tight into his net and he's deep. He's almost, you know, back in the crease instead of trying to play out a little bit more and give up the short side. So, um, but yeah, I just and for, by all accounts, you know, he's an awesome teammate. He's an older guy. He's got a cup. He's got a winning pedigree. And he's another guy this year. It seems like with him and Wheeler and obviously Peter Labulette, it's really important to bring players together. Uh, he's been doing that outside of the rink too, being, in, you know, making sure everyone's hanging out, which is important. I mean, uh, we're also thankful that uh, Vincent Trocek's Nona Trocek apparently invited the whole team over for a big Apparently, this is a, a tradition two years in a row now because his first year was last year. But because he's from Pittsburgh, whenever they're in Pittsburgh, they he invites the whole team over and his grandma makes um, his grandma makes a big feast for everyone. So there was chicken parm and all this other great Italian uh, foods and, you know, get everyone together. So uh, I don't know how I got here. Maybe it's just thinking about Thanksgiving tomorrow. But uh, yeah, Jonathan Quick has really surprised me, James, I think. He he just I'm very confident with him in net right now. You know, he does if he gets beat, he gets beat. But, you know, I feel like the Rangers goaltenders when they're getting beat and uh, when they're getting beat this year, it's because I think the players fail to clear the front of the crease or something of that nature. But it's not because they made a bad read. Uh, Well, other than Igor, the last few games has had some soft goals that he admittedly would want to give back. But um but yeah, I yeah, I have all the faith in the world in Jonathan Quick right now. Hopefully I don't jinx the poor guy as I say this. Yeah, no, I, and, and and the fact that, you know, you could rotate them and feel confident on any given night, I think does wonders for the team, which relaxes them a little bit and they play better in front of the goaltending. So it's kind of a you know, a, a, a cycle. So, you know, you know, you know, moving past the goaltending and going into defense. Uh, you know, how, how do you think we are battling injuries there, especially with, you know, Fox being out long term? Uh, you know, how do you feel about, you know, Jones stepping in, you know, as our sixth defenseman and just, you know, the pairings and, um, you know, I also want to get your take on, on Miller too, because I feel like he's kind of been a turnover machine and, you know, I, I know, I know there's a lot of pressure on him to play big minutes and to kind of contribute offensively do you think that's getting to his head a little bit um you know just with his play so far this season no because i think yes miller i i could i could say miller's probably had three games this year where i'm like his made a lot of boneheaded plays i know everyone was on him for that play he made last uh in the dallas game i don't think that was his fault i think he got goodrow literally or vc whoever it was gave him a Put a, put a puck, gave him a puck in a bad spot, and he had to make a play or else he was going to lose it anyway. And he tried to do something cute to just keep it in, in at speed. I don't really blame him for that one, but I do know what you're talking about overall. But that being said, the type of player he is, he's only going to learn with the puck on his stick. 
So I would rather have him at this stage. It's still he's still a net positive, and it's still, I mean he's playing twenty three minutes a game. So. Yeah, and if it's only if it's not, it's it's it hasn't been super egregious, at least in my opinion. I'm sure you know that might not be the case, but um, to me, I think you want him making pucks because those games when he's on, he's just such a force for the Rangers in transition with his ability to skate pucks out of his own end and put it through the neutral zone and join the rush. You know what I mean? So you got to take the good with the bad, I think in this regard as he, and you hope obviously as he matures that his risk assessment gets better or his, his, I guess his inclination to live and fight another day instead of force plays that aren't there gets better. So, cause yeah, cause there's times where he tries to do something cute and he coughs up the puck and then he has to, I think one of the reasons because he's such a rangy skater and he's confident that he can he can cover for his mistakes because we've seen him create a lot of fires and then have to go put it out. But he does put it out. (laughs) But you'd like for him not to have to put it out. But at the same time, you know, obviously that leads to breakdowns. But uh, no, I I think as far as the turnovers go, I'll at this point in his young career, I'm going to take the good with the bad. I still think he's a net mostly a net positive, but. You know, you do hope Bobby, that the the more touches he gets, that it can help steady his game going forward. Yeah, I, I yeah, again, you know, you look at the minutes that he plays every given night, and the fact that you know Fox is not there, um, you know, can contribute offensively. You know, I feel like there is a lot of pressure on him. Uh, but you know, I, I, overall, uh, he's solid. Uh, I probably expected a little bit more offensively, but I, I think in this system and with La Violette, I think he's got a lot, still a lot of learning to do in the defensive zone, um, just angling and, and dealing with, uh, you know, a defensive zone, you know, system along with, you know, having to deal with uh, <laughs> a New York Rangers team that is finally getting open for outlet passes and, you know, ha- doing more of the stretching pa- stretch passes into the neutral zone. And then, you know, it, it's so funny, like looking at last year, you just felt like how many times did like he have to rush the puck like up the ice to get a scoring chance? You don't see that as much this season because the New York Rangers don't have to. They actually have a system to to move the puck up the ice. So which is actually pretty nice to see. Uh, uh, anything else on Miller? Um, no. no, not Miller. Honestly, I think for at least for this podcast, I, I'm more interested in talking about Zach Jones and just because it's so far, it's been pretty feast or famine for him in his NHL career. Um, as the Rangers take yet another penalty, um, on a, with a one goal lead. Um, but you know, I think as I said, for him and Schneider, when they've been paired together, it's been pretty feast or famine. And you, ca- I think you called it that he looked good in his last few slate of games against some, maybe some more, skill oriented teams, but what the heavier teams have really made his life very difficult, like Dallas, um, you know? So, yeah. So, and I believe him, he was on the goals, the ice for the most goals last night. So, or, or two nights ago, whatever it was against Dallas. So, uh, yeah. What are your thoughts on Zach Jones? Yeah. I mean, like we've discussed before, it's, <laughs> the heavier teams are going to crush that kid. Uh, He's just, there's not a ton of weight to him. Uh, He's very light on his feet. Uh, You know, if he can, you know, find himself playing against a team that's a little bit lighter, uh, you know, and he can use his skill and his speed and his skating ability to kind of, you know, create time and space for himself. I think he's going to be all right. But, you know, I think overall, you know, it, I don't trust him against heavier teams, like you said, especially teams like Dallas, like the Minnesota Wild. Um, you know, I, I just think like those teams specifically seeing those matchups, it just didn't bode well. And granted, the Dallas game didn't really bode well for anybody since, you know, we gave up six goals and, um, you know, kind of struggled. Fairness, two of them were empty nets, so. Yeah, yeah. But like still, it's, it's, it's you know, one of those things where, you know, on, on the, you know, on the score sheet, you know, we just I'm not going to I'm not going to judge the New York Rangers on what they did against Dallas. I'm just not. That was the throwaway game. Uh, and, you know, I don't think anyone had their best game. So, 
you know, and I don't even think they were necessarily that bad. I thought, obviously, as it went on and Dallas started pushing it, just they. And Dallas is it, a good team. It's like yeah, they're going to do they're that. They're one of the good teams, like, but that's yeah. a, that's a game I could have saw the Rangers winning. It's not like I didn't feel like the Rangers were playing in a different stratosphere in terms of the, like I didn't feel like there's a talent disparity that the Rangers wouldn't be able to overcome ultimately you know what i mean where there's some years where i'm like the rangers don't even play the same sport as this team they're playing yeah <laughs> you know what no. i mean well so. and then and then you know also too it's like number one we were due for a loss uh going against a tough team dallas on the road uh just a weird schedule you know the past few days uh kind of just a weird western you know uh you know going down to texas and then coming back up to pittsburgh you know, it is what it is. Uh, but, you know, again, it's again, it's tough to pick apart a team or a specific player when the team as itself is doing so well. And, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, overall, you know, am I in love with Jones? No. Do I trust him in the playoffs? Oh, man, I don't know about that. But, uh, you know, during the regular season as our seventh defenseman, I mean, I, I don't know. I. I have full faith in him. I actually like the fact that, you know, he's getting reps against, you know, NHL teams, especially the heavier teams, you know, that will teach him, you know, what he's capable of doing and what he can and cannot get away with. So yeah, it, it's a certainly a process with him, but you know, this is, this is really important and a huge, you know, huge step in his, you know, hockey career. And, you know, I don't ultimately I don't see him long term with the Rangers, but, you know, there's going to be a team out there that will take him and and take a shot with him because he's yeah. still young enough to, you know, find his game. But yeah, it's just I don't know. It's so you know, what's so weird to me is like you see you see some guys that are, you know, lighter, the, lighter on their feet, but they like dominate the NHL. Like you look at it like a Quinn Hughes and he looks so small and like not tiny but like he's just so like i don't know soft like everything looks so easy and fluffy when he does stuff and then like you know i don't know you just think like he's gonna get crushed out there and he's just so smart and good with the puck and makes every good decision that you know he just never gets touched i don't know like Lafreniere almost got another one. Oh boy! I, I but, know. Uh, I'm watching the game as I'm talking too. Um, <laughs> he, um, but to your point, James, you know what it is though is that what Quinn Hughes does, and I'm not talking about every other aspect I, of what makes Quinn Hughes dominant. Right, right. He's right. the best defenseman in the NHL this year uh, so far. But he defends with his feet, and Jones when he plants his feet when he's defending. He, I mean, Jones is for his size. Yes, he's got he's got great hands and he's got great first pass and good skills and good head, but he doesn't have great feet. He's got he's got okay feet, but he doesn't he's not proactive on his retrievals. And then when the other team comes in, he literally he's so afraid of of giving up the net front that he just kind of doesn't attack. If he attacked, he'd be a lot better off, but he attacks and then he tries to play the body instead of doing what Fox does, where Fox is slow. And, you know, I'm sure Fox is definitely a little bit meatier than Jones is, although Jones is probably a little bit taller. But but I think Fox is just more of a stouter, lower center of gravity that helps him. But Fox uses a stick. He defends with his positioning and a good stick. And he's never playing the guy's body. He's playing the tripod. He's playing the puck that is basically on the blade and in the feet. And to make he makes life easy for himself. He's like, I... Instead of because, you know, I think so much young players think defending is getting the puck out when Fox is like, fuck it, I'm going to not he's coming towards me. I'm going to help him his momentum by putting the puck into my own corner and then I'm going to smother it and then we can just go from there. We'll figure something out. And that's what he does. And it works. Whereas Jones is so much like, oh, God, like just kind of waving the stick back and forth as you're collapsing into your own slot, it's just not going to work. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, so. and that's, that's mental. That's, you know, yeah, it's mental. Uh, it's, I've seen him have games where he's a little, where he's feeling himself, especially the New Jersey game. I thought he was p- defending more aggressively. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, but you know, and it goes to show you, it's like the, the teams that, you know, and I know it's not to pick on New Jersey, but I love doing it, but like, I don't know. I just feel like New Jersey is a little bit lazy this year. They just expect things to happen. And when you're playing against a team like that, you have a little bit more time and space and, 
um, you can catch teams out of position and, you know, move the puck a little bit more. And, you know, there's, you know, there's, there, there's different ways of, you know, approaching your game, you know, against different teams. And I think that like those games, they got to be fucking, you know, you know, for him, especially they got to be fucking great. Like, you know, you know, the team's not going to really forecheck that hard. Um, you know, you're going to have a little bit more time and space to make a pass. Uh, the pressure, you know, is off a little bit. And, you know, I, I think for him, that's, that's important, but you know, you got to live and learn. You got to, you know, I think, you know, some players it's important for them to see ice time, uh, even when they're struggling. So, uh, I think he's probably one of them. And, and, you know, if there's one silver lining of this Fox injury is that, you know, he gets a big dose of, of playing time and, you know, living the NHL life and playing every day. And I think that's important. So, uh, you know, hopefully he can continue to develop and get better and, and learn from his mistakes and, and, you know, find ways to adapt against the, the styles of different teams. Uh, yeah. But overall, you know, I can't really complain too much about our, like our defense. They're never, you know, it's even with Fox out, I just feel like we still, it's not like over the past couple of years, we're like, we we're missing that seventh or that sixth defenseman. We're missing them. Uh, and this year you feel like you have it, especially with the addition of Gustafson, who's been just, uh, just a godsend. So oh, uh, he's been awesome. Yeah. And, and, you know, doesn't, doesn't, uh, you know, sk- skip a beat, you know, in terms of uh, offensive production with Fox out. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NEW-YORK. Or text Hope New York, four six seven three six nine. In Connecticut, help is available for a problem gambling by calling eight 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 seven eight nine seven 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 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, twenty one plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire one hundred sixty eight hours after issuance. See dkng.com/hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. Halloween is come and gone, and now the holiday season is upon us. And you know what that means. Uh, absolute chaos. Now, it may be too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping. And why not take care of it now, before the crowds and packed calendars make shopping a total nightmare? Especially when you can get some of the best deals of the season well before Black Friday. You can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% off because their early Black Friday sale is going on right now. Yep, right now. You've heard me talk about Raycon products before, uh, and I in the past I've told you, how much I love my Raycon uh, everyday earbuds. Use them for when I'm working out or going on a, running errands, going on a walk, so I can uh, watch some show from my laptop while I'm over uh, doing the dishes. Uh, they are incredible, and they just make the uh, mundane things a little bit more enjoyable. So, uh, yeah, I absolutely a huge fan of them. Raycon first made a name for themselves in the audio space with products like their everyday earbuds, which are known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features like a 32-hour battery life and a perfect in-ear fit for all-day wear and lasting comfort. And just this past year, they expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon PowerTech. Their five-star reviewed Magic 180 cable allows you to charge iOS, micro-USB, and Type-C devices eight times faster with a 100-watt power delivery. And their faucet filter ultra filters in the water in your tap against chlorine and heavy metals. It's a must-have for ensuring that the water you use to wash your face and brush your teeth is, you know, actually clean. Raycon is known for delivering high-quality and thoughtful features at half of the price of other premium tech brands, 
it's no wonder their products have racked up tens of thousands of five-star reviews. So to get everyone in on the holiday shopping spirit a bit early, Raycon is currently offering 20% off everything on their site, and with select products up to 50% off. So beat the crowds now and save now. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. Hurry now to buyraycon.com slash THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off of Raycon products. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. And then offensively, I got you know, one of the players I got to eat crow a little bit, uh, Lafreniere has obviously turned it up. I mean, how much do you think that is playing with Panarin and how much do you think that is of you know, him feeling himself and being confident. Cause I definitely see a little bit of both. Yeah, it's definitely both. It's, you know, I think, um, I think obviously you have to be in a position to succeed. So you're going to get more chances to help your confidence when you're playing Panera. And even if you're not converting, you're like, oh, at least I'm getting pucks in good areas and I'm making, I getting ch- scoring chances. You know what I mean? So that's got to help them. You definitely, whatever Laviolette's been telling him, like, look, or told him early on, like, just do, just play, just play your game. And don't worry so much about, I'm not going to, like, if it doesn't go right immediately, I'm not going to switch you up. You know what I mean? So he's done that, and it, lo and behold, it's worked. And now he's noticeable every game. He was noticeable against Dallas. He's having, he's having breakaways every game. And considering how much Ranger fans for the past few years have, complained about him not moving his feet it's he does it he's he has some of the best hustle in the team so far this year you know what i mean yeah well you know what you know what it is too it's like the previous years you'd see him skate down the ice like a maniac and throw a big hit and you're like why don't you like put that same effort in to puck pursuit yeah for puck pursuit and now that he's doing that it's it's like mind-numbing how different his game looks it's like yeah you you know just to throw a big hit i know like you want to get yourself in, into the game, but holy shit. I mean, his his puck pursuit, his want and drive to an urgency uh, to make plays and, and create something and win a loose puck. It's just, you know, I don't know if it's the pressure of playing with Panarin, but holy shit, man, does he look good uh, at times. And, you know, I think I still think he's, you know, learning on the fly. Sometimes I think he tries to do a little bit too much. Uh, you know, I'd like to actually see him, you know, hold the puck, you know, a little bit more, you know, that extra second sometimes, uh, cause sometimes he'll throw a pass across the ice. And I definitely learned that from Panarin cause Panarin's the king of that. But, uh, you know, I'd like to see him, you know, be a little confident, you know, you know, hold the puck along the boards, you know, make a ring, ring turn and, and, you know, uh, you know, bust out of pressure. So, We'll see. I mean, it's nice uh, that he's picked it up. And we said this from the very beginning, Andy, if him and Kako don't, you know, wake up this year, you know, we're going nowhere fast. So, uh, yeah, we're so halfway what, there. We're halfway there. I mean, obviously, the play of Vinny Trocek also can't be understated since oh, getting he, with Heedle going out. That line yeah. has really taken off. And I mean, they were playing well with Heedle, obviously. But I think the good news is that. Uh, nice as the Rangers get a, a power play here um, with two minutes, 43 seconds left. Um, but it, he does so much all over the ice, his, his defensive plays, turning the puck the other way that he does the, the first man in have, you know, he, he gets into it. He's a little bit ratty. It, it, what a great signing when you, you're telling me that the New York Rangers decided to sign him instead of uh, Ryan Strom or Andrew Kopp. Not that cop was bad with the Rangers, but I what a that was a yet another uh, good move by Chris Drury. You know what I mean? So uh, he Trochuk's been incredible for that line, helping them do the hard work. But and it's got I think seeing those two put in hard work also rubs off on Panarin for his standards. He's playing great defensive hockey. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you know. I, I, it's great to see, you know, it's great to see obviously the defense, but as long as as we can produce and listen, we're let's let's be honest too. We're not the best 5 on 5 team in the league. 
So, you know, our player play does kind of have to stay hot for us to, I think, continue to have success. And I'm not saying, you know, we're going to go, you know, nine, nine and one every 10 games. But, you know, I expect the New York Rangers to obviously stay above 500 and, um, you know, continue to play, you know, even 650 hockey. Uh, You know, it's great that, you know, we're also, you know, committing ourselves to defensive play, but we're also, you know, not completely throwing away the five on five game. We're not, you know, taking advantage of the power plays and uh, honestly playing this team game has given us a little bit more momentum, uh, you know, in, in terms of, you know, being able to throw in pressure and create, you know, penalties and stuff like that. So, you know, uh, there's more to just, you know, playing lockdown defense, you know, it does give you, you know, it does give you opportunities on the power play because uh, structure just kills teams because uh, you force them to make bad decisions and, you know, you know, do stupid things, uh, you know. So, yeah, I the overall, man, this this team, if they can just stay healthy, I, I have a, I have a good feelings and I know I I know I don't want to get my hopes up, but. I really do, you know, have a have a good feeling, especially come playoff time, because systems is almost everything. Special teams is a huge part, and we're checking all the boxes, you know. Yeah, I guess the one elephant in the room that oh I think we might have to talk about is that uh, Mika Zibanejad, and to a lesser extent, Chris Kreider. Um, I feel like they're getting chances. And I feel like the effort is there, but the production is non-existent. I mean, I honestly feel like Mika's technically been better than Kreider this year. Although Kreider has a little little bit more to show for it. But uh, let's just talk about Mika first. What do you think this will sort itself out? What do you think's going on here? Is it the new dad thing? Is is he, you know, is he just exhausted and it's just affecting his on ice play? Is it just unlucky so far? What what do you think's going on with, with Mika Zibanejad? Um, I, well, there's a couple things, man. I think I think number one, uh, the right side on that line has been pretty weak offensively. Uh, that's you know, I, I I think that's a huge factor. You know, and I don't think. Listen, he he's on a line essentially by himself, and I and I and I mean that. Like, you know, I mean, that. I guess I guess it has to be in a negative way. I didn't want to put a negative spin on this, but let's be honest here. I mean, Chris Kreider is not the most creative five on five player. Uh, And then, you know, you have Kako and Wheeler, you know, kind of, you know, that have been on the right hand side on that line. And let's face it, that they haven't really done anything, those two, to earn, you know, a a spot on the top line, in my opinion. You know, Kako is kind of there by default, uh, you know. So again, I don't want to judge Mika completely, but there are times where I've seen Mika by himself take over games and we haven't seen that, but it's different this year. You know, he doesn't have the freedom that he's used to have. Oh God, you're ahead of me by like 10 seconds. (laughs) The Rangers were trying to kill this game and (laughs) all right. Yeah, I'll let you, you'll see it. Thanks. (laughs) But, Uh, um, But yeah, I mean, you're right. I I do think the weakness on the right has really has also hurt hurt them. I think if you you know uh, I I would not be averse to giving Kako another try back up there. It's not like Wheeler's. Yes, I'm happy with the, the hockey Wheeler's playing currently. But that being said, like you said, this team goes nowhere unless Capo Kako and Lafreniere are producing. We got one of them there. If we get the other one there. That's the difference. Not if, you know, I have more faith in that than Blake Wheeler turning back the hands of time. So I think, you know, if at a certain point, when they're, I mean, obviously if the Rangers are winning, it's one thing, but let's say they lose a game or two here or there, or there's an injury, just whatever, there's a chance to, to maybe give Kako another try up the lineup. They should, I think they should do it. I definitely agree with that. And, and, you know, I also think, that they're probably going to go make a trade. And I would imagine they, oh, if yeah. they're going to bring in a forward, they're going to bring in a right winger. Uh, and not well, to here's, say a, that, here's a question. I mean, sure. obviously there's all this talk about Patrick Kane so badly wanting to come back here. It's a, one of the reasons why Is that he like hasn't real. Yeah. You think, okay. All right. Well, 
I'll, I'll go along. I don't nice. think it's real, to be honest with you. Well, I mean, it was reported by Friedman and Kaplan. And Jonathan Quick gets his second shutout of the year. How about that? How about that, John, Johnny Really, Quick. really just... There's not enough eggs right now in the world to smash over your your head, Andy. I just, I'm a, I'm a, a, a I am a loser. I'm a big bum. I'm a fraud loser. Sixtieth um, career, second you know, sixtieth career shutout for Quick, second of the year. All right, he, you know, uh, but you know that being said, uh, yeah, I, you know, it was reported by both Friedman and Emily Kaplan that. Patrick Kane, his he wanted to come back. He felt like he wasn't his best version of himself with the hip, so he wanted to run it back with the Rangers. Basically, Chris Drew is like, we can't give you term. We don't, I, you know, he doesn't want to give him term, but they didn't say that. They're like, we don't have the cap space to give you term. We don't have the cap space to give you AAV. So you figured, all right. The other problem is the other places where he kind of wants to go stink. Buffalo stinks. Although Dallas could be good, but at the same time, he, I think he, he did. It was said that he would prefer to be in the Eastern conference. His father lives in Buffalo still, and he refuses to fly. So he wants the travel to be easier. Um, again, I hope it's not the Rangers. I, even if he's like, I will come to you for league minimum and just, you can pay me all in bonuses for one season. I don't want it. I, the, the numbers for hip resurfacing are not great. And like you said, James, this team, they're they're close and i think if you're gonna if you're a betting man you you have to go yeah i think if you're so a betting you're man, not taking kane for 850 i don't it's not even i don't know man because you only get one they're only gonna get one guy and do you really want to get the guy who got hip resurfacing surgery and the numbers on players how long players play after hip resurfacing sur- surgery is like 35 games <laughs> it's like I just listen. If there's anyone who can beat the odds, do I think it's Patrick Kane? Yes. Well, let me ask you this. I mean, do you bring him in for, you know, in January, February? You also the problem is that it's usually if you're like it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But I also feel like Patrick Kane is the type of player that it makes you gives you pause about like benching him or not playing him or saying it didn't work out and uh, protect his legacy and all this other bullshit. Honestly, I wonder. How much is Tarasenko making? Is he making six million this year in no, Ottawa? No, he's not. He's not making that much. I think he's making five because I think we said we, they could take fifty percent and bring him yeah. in for two and a half million or something like that. Yeah. How? how what, I haven't really been I'll keeping tabs right on now. Ottawa. I feel like they're up and down. Nope, they're still bottom of the league. They're sixteenth. They didn't make the playoffs. Sixteen points in uh, fifteen games. So unless they go on a hell of a heater, but um, yeah, I mean, this is his only year for them, right? Just kind of had a bet in on one himself here. Yeah. yeah. Would you be averse to a Tarasenko reunion? He played pretty good oh, for the Rangers. Dude. Vladimir Tarasenko, $5 million deal. He's a UFA next year. He's 31 years old. Uh, I don't know his stat line. Uh, but yeah, I, I he's got a no trade clause. I would imagine he'd waive it, right, for an opportunity to come back to New York. I mean, he had a positive experience, I think, but he wanted money. So he knew he was never going to come back to the Rangers. Yeah, if you can bring Tarasenko in here for two and a half million, done deal. I mean, I don't know what you're going to have to move around him. I would imagine Gaudreau is gone, which kind of sucks. Gaudreau is going to be a player you're going to want for the playoffs. So, uh, you know, I know that price is pretty steep for him, but, you know, if you could find a way to make it work with moving, you know, someone else, a couple other players. You know, I hate to say Wheeler or something like that, but yeah, you know, you can find cheaper, cheaper uh, assets out there. Although Wheeler <laughs> so, is not much cheaper. Sorry, I'm laughing at uh, someone in Pittsburgh up against who was bought tickets where the opposing team leaves the ice, made a little sign that says, "Hey Truba, your art sucks." <laughs> well, uh, that's listen. I fans are 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 petty, petty people. You know, I think that's pretty funny. Trying to oh, get yeah. Head. Man, uh, uh, I know we're, we're talking about this in real time because the game just ended, but it's like, you know, for Tristan Jari to play that well and yet quick to come out on top, that's pretty good to wind up because most games where the goaltender's playing as well as Jari's playing, you lose that game, right? But absolutely. And the fact that it's a road game, you just got your, 
you know, but nah, I shouldn't say shellacked, but you, you know, you took a beat down that you haven't really experienced before, uh, you know, this year. So, you know, for you to come back and win a one nothing game on the road against the Pittsburgh Penguin team that, you know, they, they've been better. I mean, they're six and four in their last 10. So, you know, they, they, they're on the uptrend for sure. Uh, they're, you know, outside the playoff picture right now, but you knew, you knew they were going to come back. Pittsburgh is always that team that starts off slow and then it finds a rhythm and they're just so well coached and so well led, um, by, you know, Sidney Crosby that, you know, they just find ways to stay relevant. So the fact that the Rangers got a, uh, a win here in regulation, is just, it's unbelievable. I just, yeah. I'm like, I'm laughing because it's just like, you know, where the fuck did all this happen? Like, I I was ready not even do the podcast anymore. I gave up on this team, and then here I am. They're eight, you know, eight one and one in the last ten, or I guess they're going to be nine. One, I don't know, nine one and zero. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, so yeah, it's just unbelievable. They just keep finding ways to win, and ah oh, man, I just can't be happier, Andy. I am a happy. Yeah, happy I mean man. that would put them with at twenty. That puts the Rangers at twenty-seven points in uh, seventeen games played. The only two teams ahead of them are Boston, who's in first, and then Vegas, who's in second with twenty-eight points. But they have the Rangers would then have uh, Vegas has already played nineteen games, and are they playing tonight? Is Vegas play? uh, and they're playing Ve- tonight? Yeah. yeah, Vegas plays tonight. So v- Vegas will have played the Rangers have played seventeen games, and Vegas had played twenty games. So there's a chance the Rangers could be second in the league short sooner rather than later. So pretty crazy to think about. It's it's wild. And man, I, I really again totally expected this week to kind of be a shit show week. Uh yeah. you know, our next game, tough, tough, tough matchup. Philadelphia, one PM. Philly is the king of one PM games. They never lose. And they're good uh, this I, year. And they're and coaches. Yep. I mean, again, we spoke about, you know, I think I touched on this last podcast. I mean, they're, they're just a shitty team to have to play at 1 p.m., uh, you know, especially after, you know, Thanksgiving, which uh, bet the under and bet Philly, I think is a safe bet. We'll see. It's going to be, you know, 8-6 Philly, uh, you know. But, you know, again, if we can somehow squeak out a win against Philly, Boston then becomes second, second in our division right now. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, Although if we can some somehow Washington. beat Philly, and then you know you can the throwaway game is the Saturday against Boston at home. Just you're just not going to win that game. It, we're we, playing that we're playing Boston at their home or our home at the Garden. No, at the uh, Madison Square Garden. Rangers are back home, so we're on the road against Philly uh, on Friday one o'clock and then Saturday right back at it with a one o'clock game at home against Boston, which will be a fucking, that'll be a test. That will certainly be a test. And then, uh, then we're back home on Monday against the Buffalo Sabres who are struggling, but they always find a way to be super competitive against us. So, and the schedule gets a little bit softer, I'd say after that. So it's again, important to, Beat the teams you're capable of beating and, you know, just play 500 hockey against the better teams in the league and you're going to find yourself sitting pretty in the playoffs. So, yeah. Uh, you got anything else, Andy? No, I mean, like I said, vibe's pretty good for the New York Rangers right now. Uh, I I know it's become a bit of a tradition on this podcast, but we say it every year. Um is there anything you're looking forward? No matter what 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 plans you have tomorrow, is there anything you're looking forward to eating tomorrow? Doesn't well, have to be I, traditional Thanksgiving food. It can be yeah. I, well, to be honest with you, man, I didn't expect to even have a Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, you know, um, my wife being due any day now. And yeah, you were supposed to you were supposed to have another turkey coming out of the oven. Yeah. Uh, so again, I I've been craving mashed potatoes and corn. I mix those two up. Always, yeah. always good. Uh, and then uh, I'm a big casserole guy. So if it's green bean, broccoli, whatever it is, I'm down for it. Um, and then uh, let's see. If, if I had to give you one more thing, I am going to have to say 
you know, I'm going to go with my sweet tooth. I'm going to say, uh, you know, a, a nice piece of uh, apple pie. Hopefully that's available. What about you? Yeah. Hmm. You know, every year it's this usually the same. It's usually stuffing, which is my big and which is always amazing. But you know what? Uh, two things. One, my grandmother makes baked clams that are amazing. Oh, yeah. Which I always love. And the other is. I, I you know, what? I got to say, I am late convert to the cranberry on the the cranberry sauce on the turkey. Oh, for it's years, delicious. I it wasn't my wasn't my thing. I just didn't like it. Didn't like the taste or whatever. But as you get older, your palate changes. And now I absolutely love it. So um, I will say this, obviously, I don't and I, I don't mind the cranberry because everyone says you got to obviously get the, the one in the can that when it comes out, it looks like the, mm-hmm. the mold of the can. Right. Oh, yeah. But I I like that cranberry sauce. Don't get me wrong. But I have also uh, there is a place near me that has some really good like preserves and sauces and they have a cranberry sauce that's incredible like really 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 good you know not not overly sweet just clearly natural and not processed and not that there's anything wrong with that because i love that cranberry sauce too but uh it's just so good it's got the little cranberries in it and so yeah so no matter what i end so i'm gonna bring a jar of that just in case to make sure i have it but so yeah i'm actually for once looking forward to you know, the turkey with the gravy and the cranberry sauce mixed together. Not that I don't always, but usually there's some other things like mashed potatoes and stuffing that take uh, precedent for me. So, yeah, that's what I'm most looking forward to. So I guess that's going to do it for this one. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Like I said, I hope you if you are spending Thanksgiving, no matter what your plans are, uh, whether you celebrate Thanksgiving or not, we thank you all for listening in and. Uh, and it's just great that this time of the year that the holiday season is truly upon us and we can just mostly be thankful for one another and the New York Rangers playing some, just some solid, solid, delicious, tasty, juicy hockey. Mmm. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on X at Broadway Boys Pod and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. <laughs>